This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay, and I'm so grateful you're here today. Today's episode of the podcast is sponsored by Gooder. If you're looking for a great place to get some awesome sunglasses, you need to check out Gooder. They are functional, fashionable, and affordable and fun. They're fun. They have really classic styles, but they also have really loud and exciting styles. Um, I've been rocking the breakfast run to Tiffany's runway shades a lot lately, but they have pretty much any fun color you can think of. And I think it's fun to spice up your races and your runs with a little flavor in your sunglasses. You all can save 15% and support a sponsor of this podcast when you go to gooder.com slash another and use the code another 15. That's another one five to save 15%. Okay. You are listening to episode 343, and my guest is Nell Rojas, who just placed sixth at the Boston Marathon as the first American woman to cross the finish line. What an exciting race for Nell. She's going to break it all down in this interview. Um, She ran 227.12, which is around a minute PR for her. Uh, You will hear how she feels about that time and the whole race in this episode. This was only Nell's fourth marathon. It is her first major marathon that she's ever run. She had some big wins over the last couple months in the 10 mile distance. She won her first national championship and also won the Cooper River Bridge Road run. So some big wins and great training leading into this race. And she's gonna tell us what she thought about the course, what she'll do differently next time to train differently. And we're gonna talk about sponsorship a little bit as well. Nell is currently unsponsored, but I don't think it'll look like that for long. And this is Nell's second time on this podcast. She was episode 322 back in June of this past year. So if you want to learn more about her backstory, definitely go check out that episode. It's episode 322 with Nell Rojas. Uh, all right, friends, if you are enjoying this podcast, leave us a quick rating interview on whatever platform you're listening on that is a huge help for potential new listeners finding us and if you're interested in supporting the show I do have a patreon page patreon.com slash Lindsay Hine I took a little break over the summer because my family moved from Indiana to North Carolina and I just needed to take a break so I'm back we had our first patreon episode back up just a couple weeks ago and I'm recording another one with my husband Glenn tomorrow so Uh, over there, we kind of just talk about life and running and our family and things like that. It's a very low key situation. Again, you can access that at patreon.com slash Lindsay Heim. Okay. Enjoy my conversation with Nell. Well, today on the podcast, we have Nell Rojas back on the show. Welcome back, Nell. Thanks. Congratulations on sixth place in Boston. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate it. How are you feeling? Um, oh man. I mean, I re- yeah, I'm like back to the grind. I'm like back in my kind of normal everyday situation here. So, um, you know, I feel good. 
Well, I feel like in talking to you, what was it? Was it the, it was, gosh, maybe early summer or something that I, I spoke with you on this podcast. I feel like you believed in your training and you knew you were fit to do a performance like this long before everybody else did. Would you say uh-huh. that's true? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm the only one that knows, you know, like is, is there during my workouts, um, you know, like basically besides like a, a couple people every now and then and my dad. And so, yeah, I, I knew, but you know, I, I think you can't like, no, no, you don't know what other girls are really doing, but you can see their race performances or you can compare past, um, results from the races and and that's all you have. So talk to us a little bit about your expectations going into Boston. This was your first world marathon major. So I'm certain the energy was way different than any of the other races you've done. Yeah. I mean, going in, like I knew there was no reason that I couldn't be, you know, the first American. I knew there was no reason, you know, my secret goal or, you know, I told a couple of people, but like, I didn't like publicly announce it. Um, I wanted to be top five. So I barely missed that, mm. which is okay. So, you know, going in, I, I had a lot of momentum, like, and there was like, and this doesn't happen every buildup, you know, I just like, you have to go when you feel good. And, you know, I had a national championship, I won another big race. And, you know, there was no like, there was no indicator that like, I wasn't continuously improving. And, you know, I was really healthy and my body felt good. So I was, I was stoked. And then just, you know, being at Boston with all of those runners, it was, you know, humbling and fun and kind of like, you're like, am I really like next for this interview behind like Jordan and in in front of Des? And you're like, okay, like (laughs) you just got to go with it. And you're like, I don't, you know, it's, it's surreal, but you, you, you take it for what it is and you take it by the moment. What was it like? What was the top five thing? Like what got that number in your head? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Just like compiling the data of previous years and like times I thought I could run and, you know, kind of like, you know, you have to go in. I didn't, I didn't have a time goal really. I had like a range that I thought I could run, but like, you know, you, you usually set goals for for races and that's kind of where I thought I was I guess um but then you know I you then you look at the start list and you know there's a bunch of girls that had run 220 and 222 (laughs) but then you do you go and you look closer and you're like wait she ran 220 in 2012 or this girl just dropped out or I just beat this girl she'd won Boston you know so you have to really like dive in and um, and be like, yeah, this is what I think is feasible. Does that kind of research like amp you up or does it fuel any nerves? Oh, it definitely makes me nervous. <laughs> yeah. Especially because like, it's the unknown for me. It's, I haven't run those fast times. I haven't had the opportunity. Um, I'm still growing in the sports. So I would say it makes me excited, but I'm, I'm like, I'm like less of like a freak out or like whatever. Mm. And I can kind of be like, okay, let's think about this logically, you know? And so I think that helps. 
I definitely read that from your personality, just from like the brief conversations we've had. I feel like you're the kind of person I want next to me if like the the boat's sinking. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. <laughs> but I mean, maybe. <laughs> yeah, well, you see, you seem even keeled. Like you seem like, okay, I know how to be calm when the pressure's on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never thought about that as as like a characteristic of myself, but like my dad brought that up the other day and I kind of like thought about it. I was like, oh, I guess you're right. You know, cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so you ran to 27.12 and you said you had an idea of a range. Obviously, all this this range changes based on like how fast the pack is going, what the course is like, what the weather's like. So what was the range you had in mind? Um, Like anywhere from 224 to 226. Okay. And so then yeah. how do you feel about the 227.12 after the fact? <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't want to say disappointed because like, oh my gosh, I know people have actually run fast at Boston um, and it can be a fast course, but like I, I, I really don't think it was a fast day mm. for whatever reason. And it really, like I learned, like at Boston, I learned I didn't, I still wanted to run fast. And once the race started, I kind of realized that that wasn't going to happen. Mm. Um, once I was like stuck in the lead and we weren't pushing and we were going pretty easy. Um, and I almost couldn't, I couldn't let that go really. And I should have let that go. And I should have realized like, you got to throw the times out. It's a race. You have to race the other girls. So I'm okay with it. And I'm okay with being patient and like waiting another couple of years to run a fast time. So yeah, was I like, woo, 227 when like the Chicago girls were running, you know, or like Emma ran like 224. Like, no, I wasn't like, I'm awesome. I'm like, yeah, I ran kind of slow, but whatever. <laughs> but like the cool, I know that Chicago was hot. So like they had that against them, but the yeah, course is did. so much faster in Chicago, right? It is, but you know, they did have that heat. So I don't know. It's so hard to compare. Does it make you want to run like a so-called fast course? Yeah, I really want to run a fast course, but I don't think it's in the cards for a while. Yeah. Um, yeah. okay. So talk about when you were leading there though, for a while, cause you said, you kind of said like, I was stuck up there and obviously like you don't normally race like that. That didn't probably feel like this was my game plan. So what was going on in your head? Yeah. So I led basically the first 17 miles and, <laughs> so far. Oh my gosh. I was just like looking back, like, why am I in the lead? Like, this is not where I want to be. This is not how I race. This is not my plan. So I would kind of like try to slow down, go to the side. And then everyone would slow down and go to the side. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, okay. Like no one's going to do this. And then like, there was times where I would literally like basically come to a stop and then tuck in. Wow. But then my, basically I wasn't patient enough. My stride would be cut short. And so I'd pop up to the front again. And I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot get out of the front. And also like I had like I did want to drop the other Americans. I did want to run at least a decent time. So like, I think I had all this going on, but I was like really like mentally fighting and I had, and finally I think it was like mile, like, I don't know, 15 or something where I was like, 
I'm wasting so much mental energy. It was just like a constant battle in my head of like, don't lead. Why are you leading? Get out of the lead. And like, being in the lead. And so finally I was like, okay, whatever. I just need to run. Like, so I finally did. Um, and I was just like, I'm just going to wait for them to make a move. And if I can go, I can go. And if I can't, I can't, but whatever, let it go. Just run. Wow. Okay. So I'm curious, did you see your dad on the course at all? Was he there? Um, he was there, but no, I did not see him. Um, on the course, I actually don't know where he was. I saw my family. Oh, you did. Well, Mm -hmm. I was just asking because I think about, obviously, he knows your training so well, and he also knows how you race, not up front usually. And so I'm Mm -hmm. just like dying to know, like, what was going through his mind when he saw you in the lead for 17 Mm -hmm. miles? Yeah, I think he was with, like, Ray, who um, is, like, an an agent, and he, um, I think he was, like, talking my dad down, like, it's okay, she's doing fine, she's doing great, she looks strong. And yeah, I think my dad was very nervous. Um, but the other thing like that I had to think about, like I was like in the front, I was just like watching the cameras and I was like, well, at least like, <laughs> at least like my friends and family are like freaking <laughs> loving this right now. You know, like I am making them so happy this morning because they can just like watch me. So that was kind of fun. So fun. And Boston coverage had split screens, whereas Chicago coverage, like they didn't really show the women at all until the very end. It was so frustrating. So that's exciting. Yeah. Chicago did a horrible job um, of showing the women. I couldn't, I could not even believe that. Um, But yeah, so good for Boston. Yeah. They did a great job. Okay. (laughs) So talk to us about when the move was made, like what was going on in your head? Yeah, so I think it was Heartbreak Hill that the move was made, I'm guessing. But I don't really know what hills I was on. But the winner just, like, went off. And she made a decisive move. Mm. And I was like, yep, there she goes. And then there was, like, a pack of four. And I was like, and, like, my, like, basically, like, mantra or, like, my, like, thing that I've been doing in all these races is just, like, covering moves. And that's, like, what I've been practicing. And I'm like, come on now cover this move if you just like cover this move for the next like I don't know couple minutes then like you'll settle in and but like they kept on they basically kept on looking back until they had dropped me and so I was like ah damn it um could not cover that move unfortunately at the time like my quads were just like Mm. my quads were cramping and you know I think that's um factor of being new to Boston. So yeah, I couldn't cover it, but I think I did a good job of like not giving up. (laughs) Yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. All right, friends, a quick break here to thank Beam for supporting this episode of the podcast. Beam has the highest quality functional supplements for better balance, energy, recovery, and sleep. Well, there's two products that I love the most. And the first is the dream powder. This is a blend of sleep-enhancing vitamins. You just mix it up with some warm milk or water. I actually do hot water and a little bit of milk. And it is a delicious nighttime treat. It has nano CBD in it, and it just helps me calm down and relax for the night. I've struggled with my sleep for the past nine years, and I'm definitely sleeping better than I ever have. And I think that I can contribute that, some of that at least, to the Dream Blend. 
They also have a great hydration line. So if you're looking for an electrolyte replacement, they have a balance and energy and a recovery electrolyte mix that's really good. I love the recovery. It has a fresh lemon flavor. Anytime I'm out sweating and I do a hard workout or long run, I am replenishing with their recovery blend. It's called the Elevate Recovery and it is a mix of hydrating electrolyte powder formulated with non-GMO collagen peptides and BCAA for supportive joint and muscle health. You all can save when you go to beamorganics.com. That's B-E-A-M organics.com and use code another. That will get you 15% off your order. All right, back to my conversation with Nell. Okay, so talk to us about the Newton Hills, like Heartbreak Hill, because everybody talks about them. You know they're coming after you've been like pounding downhill for half a marathon. Were they harder than you thought they would be? What What did you expect? What did you not expect? Um, yeah, they were way harder than I thought they would be. And I've never said that before in any race, um, even like in Atlanta, the trials. Um, wow. Yeah, so, and also like, you know, I think a lot of things are expectations versus reality, right? Like people were like, like most people I'd say were like, oh, there'll be nothing for you. Like, Mm. oh, they're no big deal. They're just like little bumps. And so I was like, okay, yeah, I run so many hills. Like I'm pretty strong on hills. So I'm not going to like worry about them. Yeah. Did I train on hills? Yes, I did train on hills for them. But um, yeah, they were, I mean, I don't, like, we just started going up and down hills. I couldn't count. I didn't know which hill it was. And I was like, wow, they keep coming. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and they were, they were brutal. Yeah, I think I totally underestimated them. At what point in the race, because you mentioned you guys were running fairly easy earlier on. At what point in the race did easy become like, okay, this is like work? <laughs> um, literally, like, at 17 and a half miles okay. when the moves were made. Um, and it's so funny in a marathon how that happens. You're like, and this has happened to me like a couple, you know, like I think this is like how it is. It's like, you're like, boo, boo, boo. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's hard now. There's like no in between. There's no like indicator. It's just like easy and then like extremely hard. And I have eight miles to go. Okay, let's yeah, go. Exactly. <laughs> you're like, So I'm super curious now that you know the course. Well, A, do you want to tackle Boston again? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's like, I can, I like, I know why people want to go back. Like it is something where like, you're like, oh, got it. I think I can like alter my training and I think I can do better. Yeah, that's such an exciting perspective too, especially given that it was your first time running it, your first major, and you PR'd on the course, mm-hmm. led for 17 miles, and still placed sixth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do yeah. you think you need to change in the training? I mean, I hate asking that question because you did perform so freaking well, but like clearly you're hungry for more. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like more downhill running. Um, I think we did, we did focus on downhill running, but like, I don't think nearly enough. Um, and then I would do more eccentric quad loading. I mean, quads, Mm -hmm. that's a limiting factor of of this, of of Boston is, is your quads. Um, 
I could have been in the best aerobic shape. I could have been in mediocre aerobic shape and had the exact same race. Wow. And like, I think I was in my best aerobic shape, but like could have been a little worse and just like, I couldn't, it's your quads. Like I couldn't move any faster forward. Was I, are you ever like breathing hard? No, you know? So, um, which is different from like, you know, a race where it's flat, you're going to go out and kind of like be closer to your threshold. Um, so more quad eccentric quad loading in the gym, um, more downhills, possibly more hills, you know, which is hard to do because you really like in your training, like it's really hard to throw out fast times and be like, I feel good. I'm running fast. But I think for training for Boston, you don't even start your watch, you know, and you just like go, you go by effort. You do a lot of hills. Um, I think that's what I'll do the next go around. Wow. Yeah, it's it's it is weird to think of it. I've I've ran Boston three times, n- not at 530 pace, but mm-hmm. I, I distinctly remember every time running it thinking those exact things like you're not breathing hard. You never breathe hard until you get mm-hmm. to the Newton Hills and that and then after that, it, it's still all about the quad. So it is mm-hmm. weird to think of it's weird. Not that you breathe hard during marathons, right? Like mm-hmm. super hard. Right. But that's so interesting. Like, I wonder how much of the shift to focusing on like the quad eccentric things that you're talking about and like mm-hmm. maybe even running less miles. Who knows what what the formula is? But like, I wonder mm-hmm. what effect that'll have when you go back. Yeah. And I'm I'm excited to see. Um, and this goes along with a lot of my like philosophy is like you have to train your limiting factor and running more doesn't necessarily train your limiting factor because basically you're getting better at what you're good at and you're getting worse at what you're bad at Mm -hmm. um, because it's the same movement. So, you know, if you're, if you're uh, like lung capacity is, is your limiting factor, um, you can't really just do more hard intervals because it's like, it's hard on your body and it's hard on your joints. So those are going to like set you back a little bit. So you have to figure out how to work on that limiting factor, um, which is probably, you know, maybe it's in running, but maybe it's not, maybe it's in the gym or maybe it's at home doing breathing exercises. And nobody wants to do that. Like everybody wants to do the thing that they're best at. No, everyone just wants to run. (laughs) I remember when I needed a break from running and I know you're familiar with triathlon. I I did a half Ironman and it was like, my husband was like, you, you need to run like three days a week. Like you need to be on your bike, but I didn't want to be on my bike. I wanted to run. Totally. Yep. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. Okay. So what was your favorite part of the race? Oh my gosh. So I was like, when I was running, I was actually like really excited for the move to be made because I was like because it was so you know typical marathon because it was so easy the first like 17 I was like I'm excited to like see what happens or I'm, I'm excited to like see if I can hang on or like you know do this thing so I, I mean honestly like I'd say the last eight miles was was my favorite part because it was so hard. Um, and it was so fun 
um, and the crowd was awesome. So that was probably, that's probably it. Tell me about Boylston Street, like what your feelings were knowing, at least knowing you were secured top 10. I was trying to stay, you know, I turned left onto Boylston. I saw the finish. Um, and I was like, okay, I can't look the finish because it's so far away. <laughs> I was like, I'm not sure if I can get there if I focus on that. So I was like, I was like honing in. I was like, literally like left, right, left, right. Cause I knew like, if I focused on like that exact moment, then I could get there. And I was kind of also like, I wish I could pay attention to the crowd more than I am right now. But I was like, I just, I, I can't. Um, so I knew they were there. So I wasn't really thinking, I guess, about that. I was thinking about like trying to put one foot in front of the other. Um, but yeah, crossing the finish line, you know, I knew it was a big deal. Um, I also knew like, you know, I didn't run as fast as I wanted to. And I also knew I wasn't top five. So there was, you know, I was very happy and like, I knew it was good. I knew it was a good, a great step in my career. Um, and I knew I ran well. Um, so yeah. I feel like I've been talking to people a lot about this in the past year is like handling the emotions of, of knowing you did well, knowing you did something big for your career, but also knowing that you had higher expectations. So like, how do you celebrate, but also like, still want those things, those, those expectations that you had. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think you just, um, you're patient. You just be patient. And I, I'm like, I think I'm a very patient person. So you're just like, awesome. This is great. And I have, you know, if I'm, um, if we look at, um, Edna, I have 10 more years, you know, so awesome. I'm not, it didn't need to happen today. Um, this is a stepping stone, which is good because like, had I run 224 and gotten third, like then I don't have that ahead of me, you know? So it, it's almost like, I really feel like it's better to make these like small incremental, this progress because then you can keep progressing. Mm. And I think you make bigger progress like that. And like, cause mentally, like you see a lot of girls run this amazing time and then they don't hit it for like five years. And I think that's a lot of, it has to be some mental going into that, you know? So I'd rather do what I'm doing and just keep progressing and be happy with it and be patient. Um, Edna Kipple got second place that she, I had her as a talking point today. Cause I like, I'm such a fan and mm -hmm. I knew you had mentioned her before in an inter post-race interview and it's like so incredible to see what she did out there at, is she 42? Yeah. 42 <laughs> and you're 34. Um, I'm 33. Oh, you're 33. I'm not trying to add a year here. Yeah. And it's not like my birthday's in like, you know, like really <laughs> close. I'm 33. <laughs> Could even be 32. No. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but yeah, like what kind of, Excitement does that give you? I mean, you have almost your entire 30s to go. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's really important that like there's like a bunch of women running so well in their late 30s because it just, you know, I came into the marathon game late, which I'm like so happy about because I'm mature enough mm -hmm. to handle it. And I think like I am like at the peak of my, you know, I'm peaking and 
I have like 10 years to go. Had I done this when I was younger, I, I wouldn't be mature enough to handle it. So yeah, Edna having, you know, B42, I, she has a great outlook, um, as does Abdi, which who's like really fun to talk to. And you can learn a lot from these people because they're just like so grateful for like being in the moment. They're happy. They're, they're really like calm. They can chill. So like I take a lot of lessons from them, which is, is really good for me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And you have to wonder too, would you be burnout by now if you'd been marathoning at 23? Absolutely. Yeah. I think you only have, you know, like what, 10-ish years of competing at that high level, unless you're like Edna or Abdi, you know Yeah, what I that's mean? true. <laughs> and I think it's because they have such a good outlook and mindset and they, they're not like, they don't have this American mindset of like going and like but blowing out workouts or like, you know, like working past injury, like not listening to their body. Cause I know that because I've talked to them, you know? So, so I think it's the way they go about their training, which we can all, you know, learn from. So yeah, I think like, had I started earlier, I would have been done by now. Um, yeah. And Abdi, if people are listening, he has a new book out. So if you want to learn more about his training, you can Does read his he book. Actually did I actually didn't know that. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. I think I actually interviewed him around the time I interviewed you last summer. And um, yeah, it's called Abdi's World. Awesome. I'm excited. I don't know him that well, but like recently I've like talked to him a little bit more and I know his, um, I've talked to his girlfriend a little bit and like um, about him, like what's his secret? And she's like, dude, he just, he like, he is a master relaxer. Ah. Like. He is like, go with the flow. Like he can chill. He doesn't have any worries. I'm like, yes, that's what I like am working towards. <laughs> give me all of that. Give me all of that energy. Yes, exactly. Um, tell us about the 10 mile championship, the USATF 10 mile championship, 5213. Um, you were kicking with Jenny Simpson at the finish. What kind of confidence did that race give you? Oh, so that race was like my first, obviously my first national championship. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. And actually the, the only reason that that race made me feel good was because it was actually a decent time. And so that race, I was like, okay, I'm glad I ran that time because a, it was a great workout and B, like, I know I'm like there. Um, like I know I'm like on my way. Um, winning it wasn't that big of a deal for me or didn't like, wasn't like, Oh, I beat Jenny Simpson. Oh, I beat these Sarah Hall. Oh, I, for some reason that didn't, that didn't get me because when you do it once you're like, Oh, that was a fluke. Oh, whatever, you know, Sarah is like in deep training mode. I mean, as was I, but like, you know, like maybe, you know, that was Jenny's first long race. Like, you know, she did awesome, you know, and you're like, well, this girl, you know, you don't know what's going on with these people. Um, so winning it wasn't that important to me because I was like, fluke, I got lucky. You know, what was important to me was winning that race and then winning the Cooper river bridge run. Because at that point I was like, okay, guess what? Like this isn't a fluke. It's, it's actually like 
I'm beating good girls. Yeah. Um, so I think like stacking them and being like, oh, this is real um, was important. Yeah, that is that is really cool. Yeah, it's hard to know when a bunch of people have fall marathons coming up. Like, what's their plan for this race? Like, how are they racing? How do they feel? What was their training last week? There's so yeah. many factors. Right. And like, yeah, I think a lot of those people were marathoners, right? So you don't, you just don't know how they're going to show up. So why did you choose Boston over Chicago? I think, I, I actually don't remember why we chose Boston, but I think it just suited me more. And I don't, I don't remember. I think we got like, we talked to them. I was going to run it when it got rescheduled in the pandemic. And then, um, because it worked out after the trials, like it was like a good distance. It was like, or like good, like gap between it. It was like, okay. And then we just like continued with, with them. Um, so what's, what's going on next? I mean, obviously you're recovering, but do you have sites on the spring? Yeah, I do. So I get to go to half marathon world championships. Oh, fun. Yeah. In March in China. So that's cool. Who else Um, is on the team? I know that um, the girl who won the 25K, Kemp, Erica Kemp. Oh, Erica Kemp. Yeah, yeah. She made it from that race. I made it from Cherry Blossom. And then I think they take three from um, Half Marathon Championships in December. So we don't know yet. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, that'll be my first time representing the U.S., which will be fun. Um, And then, like, I think – you know, it's not confirmed yet. So it's like, uh, I'm supposed to say it, but I'm like, well, who cares? Um, I want to run Boston in April. Really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, because it like, I'm like excited about it, but also like, I think it's the only race. Like, I think it's like everyone going to run. Like, I think that's it. <laughs> that's so exciting though, that you're like, I'm ready to like get on that course again. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. Um, and I'm excited because I think there's going to be more Americans. So I'm like, okay, I actually get to see how I stack up. Yeah, yeah. You're top American this year, but like more Americans in the field mm-hmm. in the spring. Yeah, for sure. Um, so do you feel like you can say, because I feel like every time I talk to a pro, they're like, oh, I can't announce it yet. Can you say that because you don't have sponsor obligations yet? Hopefully you will, but like just saying that you think you'll go back to Boston? Oh, you know, I think I can say that is because like, I haven't, I actually haven't committed. You just think you want to. And I think when you commit, they're like, don't tell anyone Ah. until this date. And so like, I just like totally blew it. But, um, so it's unknown. Okay. Okay. Unknown. We don't actually know if Nell will be in Boston friends. Okay. So tell me thoughts on sponsorship though, because obviously that's like a hot topic with you. Everybody's like, why isn't this woman sponsored? So tell me your feelings. And I appreciate everyone who's like, get now sponsored. I'm like, at least they also think I should be sponsored. For sure. (laughs) Um, Oh, my thoughts on that are, yeah, I'm um, working with an agent now and don't have one, but like, Apparently he's talking to people and then, you know, he says like mid November, like basically like New York marathon weekend is like when it kind of, you secure things and when things go down. So, um, so that's coming, that's coming up. So hopefully I will know more by then. I'm excited. Do you have a desire to go to New York and just cheer at the marathon? Oh my gosh. I'm like, 
I like for some reason think I already have like tickets booked and I'm like, yeah, I'm excited <laughs> to be there. And then I'm like, wait, I'm not going. <laughs> Are you not going? No, I just spent a week of New York after Boston. Um, and like, I can't go back like um, <laughs> that. Like, like I just, cause I have, my brother lives there and like my best friends live there. So like, we just like partied the week after Boston and I'm like, no, never. I can actually can never go back. <laughs> <laughs> you, need, you need a mental and physical break from the city. Yeah. I need to vacation for my vacation. Um, well, cool. Hey, what shoes were you wearing in Boston? Oh, I was wearing the Alpha Flies. Okay. Do you like them? Yeah, I do. Yeah, they work well for me. And I know like they don't work well for some people or a lot of people wearing the next percents, but those don't fit my feet. So I think it's all individual. So does it make you nervous like picking a sponsor and then or, you know, aligning with a sponsor and having to work with a new shoe? Um, <clears throat> Not anymore. I, I would say like if, if it was last year, I'd be like, yeah. But like so many companies have come out with like, comparable shoes like are they like nike level no they're maybe like a little but they're like they're like there you know like i can put on a shoe from most companies i think and be confident in it and run just as fast yeah um well now congratulations on sixth place first american in boston really excited for you thank you and thanks for coming <laughs> back on the show yeah that was fun thanks for um thanks for talking to me all right. I hope that you have a nice, like, chill. Just soak up those Obdi Edna vibes and just, like, relax. Yeah. I'm actually – I'm going to see Edna tonight, and I'm going to order Obdi's book now. So oh, I'm nice. Gonna, I'm going to really embrace this. Tell Edna – well, don't tell you're, – you're not going to tell Edna this, but, like, I'm dying to interview her. So I already oh. sent her two emails, but – Okay. You, 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 can, you can just be like, oh, if that Lindsay girl emails you to – interview you should do it <laughs> yeah I'll I'll like drop a hint yeah for sure okay I love it well have fun tonight thank you Appreciate okay it. bye now okay bye all right everybody thanks for being here today congratulations Nell on your sixth place finish in Boston if you aren't already following Nell on social media Go find her on Instagram. She's Nell underscore Rojas underscore running. You can find me on Instagram. I'm Lindsay Hine 626. You can find me on Twitter at Lindsay Hine. And we have a Facebook page and group. Definitely join our Facebook group. Just search I'll have another podcast in Facebook groups. It is a fun place to get to know the community over there. Um, if you don't know, I have a parenting podcast. Well, it's not a parenting podcast where I give advice or anything like that. It is a podcast for parents where we share real stuff and I get advice from other people who are experts in different areas in that field in the field of parenting is that a field uh, you can check that out it's called why is everyone yelling um, and that's part of the Sandy Boy Productions podcast network which is my podcast network we'd love to have you join us over there if that's something that interests you again it's called why is everyone yelling Okay, friends, we've got an episode next week here with CJ Albertson. So make sure you subscribe to the show so you don't miss that. He placed 10th at the Boston Marathon and he led the way for 18 miles. Similar-ish to Nell. She led, but she was with the pack. He was out alone. So it was a different race for sure, but definitely two people that led the Boston Marathon for quite some time. Uh, all right. Have a great Friday. A wonderful rest of your weekend. And as always, we'll see you next Friday.